Let's have one quick word of prayer before we jump into this. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, O Lord God, for this men's fellowship on this morning. We thank you, O Lord God, that you will break up brittle ground. You will fill us with the knowledge of your will concerning what you want us to learn, what you want us to operate in, how you want us to carry ourselves in these last days. For time is short. We thank you, O Lord God, that we are the ones that you have called to be kings and princes for eternity, lords and rulers and masters, more than conquerors, ambassadors. Thank you, O Lord God, that we are those things now. That's what you have declared over us. Thank you, O Lord God, that you are creating us as a standard for men uh, to come up to another level. So we thank you, Lord God, for uh, transparency on this morning. Help us to put it all out on the table, to have our questions answers, answered and our needs met so that we can walk in victory. Give you praise and glory and honor for it now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So again, you can uh, text questions to my uh, phone as we get into it. You may have some questions. Um, you know, I don't know what my wife is ministering. We'll compare notes my, because uh, this right here is creating a new platform for um, for men and women to get everything that they need to fulfill destiny, have fruitful relationships, uh, raise up some of uh, the most godly and powerful men in the planet prepares for promotion, um, et cetera. So this is not just a one-time thing. We'll begin to do this on a regular basis um, for the purpose of uh, uh, giving each um, gender what they need. Gender is male, female. i got to explain that nowadays. And so, um, but uh, uh, because they're, you know, women have certain needs and men have certain needs. Unfortunately, a lot of times you have a lot of women's meetings where women kind of get their emotional needs met. And and men, it's an unspoken thing because men carry a lot of weight. Um, men carry a lot of burdens. We carry it quietly. Um, sometimes the society almost wants to demand that you don't have a right to complain, which is not right. And so there are, and of course, we are supposed to lead. The responsibility is on us, and that was placed on us by God. But we're still supposed to have a voice. So you have a lot of men that are, that are dying quietly. Um, you have a lot of men that are broken on the inside. You have a lot of men that are just frustrated, that are not happy with any area of their life. And so as a result of that, um, it produces angry men. It causes men to be withdrawn, causes them to not care because seemingly, that's the key word I'm using, seemingly there's no one that gives a voice for men to be men. One of the things that my wife are going to do is I'm, we're going to talk about this one thing that men and women both need that are different, but kind of similar. And I'm just going to be challenging you all to do certain things concerning the ladies, whether you're single or married or whether they're married or single. Um, um, but then I also want you to be honest. I need you to, particularly for the married men, you know, you need to send me uh, a text concerning what is it about marriage that you hate? Like one time I was talking to a guy and he was like, man, I'll be honest with you. He said, sometimes I wish I was married to a worldly woman. He said, because sometimes Christian women, they get real spiritual and they don't want to please their husbands. And so you need to be very, very real because when I switch over to the woman's side, I'm not going over there talking about let's lay before the Lord in prayer. No, I'm coming with a hammer. And I'm like, look, y'all, I thank God, you know, for my wife, because, you know, not all ladies are like this, but there are some ladies that uh, I never will forget. We were doing a, uh, a funeral one time and uh, there was a first lady of a church who was here. 
So she came down and introduced herself to my wife and I. This is about three years ago. And um, and she was like, you're the first lady? And she's like, yeah, my name is Lorana. And she said, oh, man, girl, you look good. And my wife's like, yeah, you know, I've had six kids. And so um, and so I want to make sure I make keep this in my mouth with the microphone. And so um, <laughs> and so uh, she said, yes, you know, you you look good. I said, my wife. Yeah. My wife said, yeah, it's called going to the gym. Now, what was very interesting as I stood there is that this lady began to try to talk my wife out of it because she's had six kids. She began to tell my wife, oh, no, girl, don't be worried about going to the gym. You've had six kids. And my wife pleasantly answered and said, I understand I have six kids. She said, it wouldn't matter if I had 16 kids. My husband likes to see fine. So I went back to the gym. My wife came back. Oh, no, girl, you don't need to be worried about that. You've had them six kids. You need to understand that you've been through the sacrifice. My wife retorted back again. I understand that. Doesn't matter if I had 60 kids or I had 25 kids like the Duggars. She said, my husband likes to see fine. So I went back to the gym. Now, watch this. The lady came back a third time. And my wife was holding her ground. You're not getting ready to change my mind concerning this. After my wife held her ground the third time, guess what the lady said? You're right. My husband been after me. He want me to lose weight and go to the gym. What? See the, see the problem? See, and so, so that's kind of like the premise that we're coming from is when it comes to men, the scripture says something very, very clear. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, what's supposed to happen is, is that the wife is supposed to be that good thing and not just say, I'm good because I think I'm good. Y'all know what I'm saying? He said, hello. Oh, it's okay, brother. We don't know <laughs> who's saying what up in here. So I'm going to read three passages of scripture. And this is the standard that God has for every single man, period. This is the standard. First time Samuel 16, 17 through 18. You can follow along with me. I'm going to read it from the amplified version. It says Saul told his servants. This is King Saul looking for a man just to serve him. But these were the qualifications. Find a man who plays well, skillful and bring him to me. One of the young men said, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Who plays skillfully, number one. He's a valiant man. Number two, he is also a man of war. Number three, he is prudent in speech. We would call that today. He does not talk raggedy. And he is eloquent, which means he knows how to speak well. He's not just talking about dumb stuff. He's an attractive person, which means that this young man took care of his physical body and the Lord is with him, which means he had a solid relationship with God that was so strong that other people recognized that the Lord was with him. So because one of the things that I'm going to encourage you to do is that I will begin to give you certain tools and certain weapons by which you can cause yourself to change almost unconsciously. One of those is you take those attributes. Every man should have a vision board. 
Um, this vision board is for the purpose of you praying prayers and confessing things over yourself that cause you to automatically start becoming more like Jesus Christ. This is one. You take those attributes, you put them on a sheet of paper or a vision board, and you begin to pray those things over yourself. You declare those things over yourself. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that I am a man that is eloquent in speech. I know how to put words and sentences together. I thank you that you are giving me wisdom to be able to explain certain things to certain people. When men, women, boys and girls come to me with a question, I have the ability to answer it. So what you do is you take those attributes and then you amplify it out using synonyms. Y'all follow me so far. And so you begin to pray those things over yourself. And then what happens is when you begin to pray those things and say those things over yourself, God will begin to deposit that wisdom and that grace on the inside of you. He will also bring supernatural information to you so that you can learn how to walk in these things. You'll become an educated individual. Education does not mean you have a degree. Sometimes a degree is somebody who knew how to pass tests for a living. Some people are very, very good at memory skills. I am not against a degree. If you got a doctorate, praise God for that, because that is a hard and difficult thing that I have no plan on doing whatsoever. OK, but just because a person has a bachelor's doesn't mean that they are intelligent. Some of the most intelligent people in the world do not have degrees, but they are what they do is they constantly study information. One of the reasons why I can hold a conversation with almost any man in the planet is because I'm constantly studying things. I'm not looking up how butterflies mate. I study finance, study certain things with science, certain things. I look up information. I pay attention to the news. They have a balanced view on certain things. That doesn't mean I know everything. Y'all, when I read, when I come across a word that I do not understand, I stop. And now you have an app on your phone. Watch this. Hey, Siri, what is the definition of a dog? She gave up all type of stuff. See, that's just that quick is that you can talk into your phone. I do that all day long is that I come across a word. I don't understand. I said, Siri, what does this word mean? She brings up the definition. Oh, that's what that word means. If I'm watching the news and they use a really, really big word because they're trying to deceive the masses, I press pause. Siri, what is this crazy word that CNN just shared? And she gave, she'll give me the definition. That's how you educate yourself over a period of time. Acts chapter six, verse two and three. It says, then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not right that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look out among you. Now, this was the qualification just to serve at the church. Seven men of now, and, and, and not only serve, this was the qualification just to serve food. Because in the kingdom of God, there are no low positions. In the kingdom of God, you must be a great man of character just to stand by the door and greet people to come in because it's not a shabby kingdom. Because in the kingdom of God, everything is valuable. In planet Earth, if I'm a doctor and he is a garbage man and he's a mechanic and he's a lawyer, then people look at those four men differently particularly because of the status and the money that they make. And the kingdom of God is not so. In the kingdom of God, God looks at the individual that has the highest stature as the one who walks in the most holiness and the most integrity. Okay? It says, we should not leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look out among you seven men of, number one, honest report. In other words, these men are known to be men of great trustworthiness and honor. 
Number two, they are full of the Holy Ghost, which means how you get full of the Holy Ghost, you spend a lot of time with God. And wisdom, two separate things. You can be full of the Holy Ghost and don't have wisdom. You can also have some wisdom and not be full of the Holy Ghost. Wisdom. Wisdom is how you use knowledge correctly. Okay? Um, some people know a lot of stuff, but they don't know how to apply it. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's what wisdom is. That we may appoint over this business. Let's look at the third one here. First Timothy 3, 1 through 5. You can turn there and then we will jump into some heavy stuff. <laughs> First Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It says, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. Now, I'm just going to briefly here, right quick, go over the qualifications for my position. You're like, why would you share something like that? Because the qualifications for my positions are the qualifications of every single man. The difference is, this is the standard for every single man that is born. The difference is, you must be meeting that standard before you step into a position. Y'all following me? So pastors are not called to some higher standard than other men. The standard is across the board for every single man. It's just that if you're going to be a leader, you because I mean, no, you can be a man, you can even be a Christian man, but it doesn't mean that you're hitting all of those standards. And so God saying the God is saying that, look, OK, this is the standard for all men. But if you're going to be a leader, you definitely got to hit those standards, because if you're not hitting those standards, how are you going to tell someone else to hit it? Y'all got me. So this is the standard for all men. This is something that you should put on your vision board. Number one, a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. In other words, you can't label anything negative on this man. You're not going to be able to say this man is a liar. You're not going to be able to say this man was at the strip club acting a fool. You're not going to be able to say that that was the dude that was robbing the bank. You're not going to be able to say that this is the man that beat his wife. You're not going to be able to say this about this man. This man is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. Everybody say amen. Okay. Let me, now I'm going to go slow with this. Faithful to his wife doesn't just mean that you are there. Faithful to your wife means that you are there, you are transparent, your wife knows where you are at all times. My wife never will ever have to wonder where I am. It is my number one responsibility to be faithful to my wife. And with that, I must provide her security. Men, we are called to make women secure. It should never be said about your wife that she is married to you and she's insecure because she does not know where you are at. She does not know what you are doing. I have passwords on my stuff that I don't even have. I got to go ask my wife, what is the password that you put on my such, such, such? She got all my social security. She got all of my cards. She has everything. I have to ask my wife everything. Somebody thinks that's lame. No. In the kingdom, that's called being a king and being honorable. What's lame is boys always want to do stuff without telling their mamas. Okay. We did that as kids. We, you know, when we were going someplace, we didn't tell our mother and our father where we were going because we wanted to get away with something. A man that has nothing to hide will expose himself to all. So when that, that didn't just mean faithful by being there. It means you are there. Let me tell you something, y'all. And, and let me, um, and, and let me say something. I'm not saying I'm the standard. Y'all know that. How many of you know the only Jesus is the standard? 
Okay. But I will, I, I do have a measure of success in this area. So I use certain things in order to encourage men to do certain things because all of our wives are different. Okay. And so, uh, so you may get your wife, you know, tulips. I have to get my wife. I can't even get my wife roses sometimes. She like all of those funny looking plants, you know, but, 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 you know, I had a, uh, there was a pastor that came and spoke at our church years ago. And I never will forget this because he talked about honoring your wife. And he just, I mean, he convicted us all. He said, I don't let my wife get her own gas. And we were just sitting there like, ooh, man, my wife get her gas all day long. <laughs> you know, he was, we're not talking about whether or not your wife gets gas. What he was talking about is get up every day with one thought in mind. How can I protect my wife and kids and make life easy on them? That's one thing about men. We are created and engineered by God to handle a lot of weight. The problem is when we handle too much weight and we don't get honor for the weight that we carry. Or it's just brushed off as, well, this is what you're supposed to do. Yes, I understand this is what I'm supposed to do, but I'm also supposed to get respect and honor as a result of what I'm supposed to do. Okay, so I'm just holding on to that for a second. When I'm talking about faithful, uh, faithfulness is you being transparent with your wife, now, 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 that, that, that may not always be easy. My wife is going to be addressing that today, and I'm going to be addressing it next week. And so being there, she should know where you are. It shouldn't be a, hey, where are you going? That's none of your business. That's the sign of a boy. That's not a man, folk. Okay? That's somebody that you're not committed to the relationship. You're there, okay, but you're not there the way God wants you to be there. It's stay out of my business. I married you to use you. I didn't marry you to respect and honor you because remember this gentlemen is that before she was your wife, she was God's daughter. And so no man wants his daughter to be treated disrespectfully. No sane man wants a man beaten on his daughter because I know how I am and I know some brothers in here. This is not one of them weak men in church. I can tell you right now, somebody beating on my daughter. Oh, Jesus gets set aside for a second. We're going to AK-47. And <laughs> some guns in here right now. Y'all just don't know who got them. We don't play. Because, y'all, when the scripture talks about men, it mentions nothing weak. Notice when it came to David just serving the king, it says this dude was valiant and he was a man of war. That was the qualification just to serve the king. Okay. And we serve the kings of kings and we supposed to be punks. So faithful, she needs to know where you are. She needs to know where you're going. She should be, you should be responsible at all times. How many know that sometimes ladies ask questions that you don't want to answer? Answer them anyway. When your wife is asking these questions, that's cold for I'm weak emotionally. That's what it's cold for. Because you don't know what the devil is putting in your wife's head. You don't know what your wife, devil is putting in your wife's head about where you are and where you're going. All of those different type of things. All it takes is for you to be walking. When I, I went to the auto show for my birthday Thursday. How many know at the auto show? Um, How many know if you've ever been to the auto show? They don't have no Godzillas standing in front of the cars. Y'all know what I'm saying? They find the most beautiful, shapely women to stand in front of those cars so that you will come over there and they can talk to you. Next thing you know, you didn't bought a whole Land Rover because of some fine woman that wouldn't give you your her phone number on your best day and her worst. So guess what? I understood being in a culture like that. Well, guess what? You got all of these fine women standing next to the car smiling. Hey, how you doing? Would you like information? Now, 
So I was very sensitive to my eyes. Okay. Because my wife didn't say anything, but I'm, these, all of these fine women everywhere I go, I know my wife sees all of these fine women too. And guess what she can be thinking? Man, guess what she could be feeling? Man, look at that girl. I don't look like that. It don't matter how fine my wife is, you know, in my eyes and her eyes, when you see someone else, you start measuring up. Y'all know how ladies do. They measure up. And she can be thinking, man, look at this one. Look at that one. Wondering. I mean, I wonder what my husband is thinking. Is he looking at these girls? So I was extremely careful to make sure that if there was a model here, I turned this way. I didn't glance back over to, ooh, man, look at that. Okay, was over here. If 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 there were three models over here standing next to a car and they're looking at me like they're getting ready to say something, I made sure I went over here to where there was a gentleman who could help me. Now, some people don't think it's that deep, but that's how far I go in order to make my wife smile. I'm very sensitive to that's what I call faithfulness. Faithfulness. Remember what David said? He said, I made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look at another woman. And in, in public, now, I understand, brothers, now, let's keep it real. Sometimes that can be hard because there's going to be a woman out there. You're like, Lord Jesus. Ooh, I got to look a second time. This right here is fine. Going to always have that. But you must do the best to your ability to carry yourself when you're by yourself. Let me tell you something. When I'm out in public, I carry myself as though my wife is right next to me. Okay. And I'm, you, yeah, you know, again, that's the problem is in the body of Christ, they don't keep things real. How many of you know, you go down aisle seven at Walmart and that, that, I call it a thing, that thing walk past you and you're like, whoo, that is another level of fine right there. And don't let her have on a perfume that almost turns your nose in the other direction. I had a friend of mine, he was a minister. He said, man, I was at the doctor's office. He said, this girl was so fine. He said, I still don't remember getting up out of my chair, walking all the way across the room and sitting right next to her saying, what's your name? <laughs> he still doesn't remember. Okay, the Bible says that over a woman, it says a great king will be brought down to a piece of bread. Okay, and so now this is important is that is that we have to cover our eyes. We have to respect our wives. The other side of this is our wives must be what we need them to be. So because let me see if you're let me see. I don't I can't assume every man thinks like me. I know that when I see a fine woman, the first thing that I think about is my wife. Is that anybody else in here? Okay. Now, now here's the thing though is, is that most ladies don't know this. When you see a fine woman, you think about your wife and then there's a, there's a meter there. Now, if you satisfy it with your wife, then you disregard the woman. But if you're not satisfied with your wife, you know, you think about your wife when you see this fine woman, you might put a frown on your face and now there's a temptation to look at the woman. One of the things that we got to tell the women is, you know, and this just goes both ways. That is, is you got to dress for your man. You got to be what your man wants you to be. If I'm supposed to be married to you for the rest of your life, I should like and love what I am looking at. Every man is different. I don't do weaves. I don't do wigs. I don't even like fake eyelashes. I don't even like my wife to wear foundation. Some other brother, he'll have his wife in a wig every single week. He's like, man, this is off the chain. Everybody is different. So every woman is called to find out what her man wants, regardless to age. There are some things that as you get older, it begins to change. But let me tell you something. There's a reason why they got this term called dirty old man. It's not that the man is dirty. It's just that his sex drive didn't turn off because he, he became 80, folk. Oh, man. Is I don't like this thing when I see an older man and an older woman holding hands. 
They might be 70, 80 years of age, and you see them walking in the park. You know what younger people say? Oh, that's cute. That ain't cute. That's called longevity. They should be calling you cute. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost like it's derogatory. Oh, look at that old couple just holding hands. No, as Jamie Foxx says, you better recognize this couple made it and they're still holding hands. You've been married for two years and can't stand looking at each other. You better go over there and hold hands and talk to them and get some wisdom. Okay, so that's where we're going with that. That's a whole lot from just being faithful. Let's get through this. So he must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control. That must that y'all, we know the difference of self-control, but it means that, yeah, you can watch sports, but you might need to turn that off a little bit. You know, God, I mean, I have to exercise self-control when it comes to eating. You know, I mean, I'll just pack it on y'all. I mean, it's just terrible. <laughs> All of us have an area that we love that we can go too far in. It says that he must live wisely. Is it wise for you to buy that car? Is it wise for you to buy that second car? Is it wise for you? Let me tell you something. Now, every once in a while, I have to threaten my kids. But one of the things that I don't do is I don't put myself first um, when it comes to the church. And I don't put myself first when it comes to my relationship. Okay. And so I never hardly have any money in my wallet. I still got suits from 25 years ago. Any money that I have, it goes to my wife. Then she usually gives it to the kids. Then it goes to my wife. Okay. I had somebody bless you. Somebody blessed me with a uh, hundred dollar gift card to Macy's a while back. And so I just gave it to my wife. And then she had the nerve to give it back to me for my birthday. I was like, you know, you are totally out of order for that. <laughs> are you serious? She just laughing all on the ground and everything. I was like, this ain't funny. Okay, he must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely and have a good reputation. What do men say about you? What do your family members say about you? What do the folk on your job say about you? What are those that are the closest? And now, y'all, this is a dangerous one. What does your wife say about you? And what do your kids say about you? What do they say about you when you're not standing around? Because if you're standing there, they might be forced to say some good stuff about you. Truth be told is when Father's Day comes and when your birthday comes, do they give you a card because they're supposed to or do they give you a card because they want to? That's the difference. See, and so um, and these are things that you, because y'all, unfortunately, when it comes to men, um, people give us the silent treatment because a lot of times we are acquired ourselves. And a lot of times, because I mean, you know, men are simple. We don't need no fifteen hundred things like women do. And because we are simple, people treat us simple. They think that because I only need two or three things, well, daddy doesn't need anything or cousin Joe doesn't need anything. My my brother, he doesn't need anything. So we get dismissed because of how God created us to be simple and visionaries. <clears throat> he must be he must enjoy having guests in his home. He must be able to teach. Every man should be able to teach. Teaching is not for preachers. And not teaching stupid stuff. It's how I many? It's a bunch of goofy stuff out here nowadays. Saw some the other day talking about some girl thought she was being. You know, it's funny. The ignorant folk think they deep. Some girl talking about how the masses have been confused and 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 Jesus is just a figment of people's imagine 
uh, imagination and you got all of this stuff where people want to give honor to the universe. The universe ain't that smart folk. And science, y'all, science was created by God. But if you make science your God, you won't know God. Don't fall into that trap, gentlemen. There's this new age thinking out here that says science created itself. The universe created itself. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. And men who do that, what they do is they, because they don't have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit, they miss out on what God will show them, including showing them what the Holy Spirit just showed me the other day. The same size and scope of planet Earth to the universe, that's the same size of scope between the universe and heaven. Universe is not big. It's very small. It's big to you because we got a telescope. It's deep. The very telescope that we created to see further into the universe is the very telescope that's limited in scope to see the actual other dimensions, by which it's at least seven. Mathematically, it's 10. The stuff that the Holy Spirit will show you, make a scientist sit and go back to Sunday school. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. Let's go back. He must not be a heavy drinker. Let me say something. Um, I have to be clear. Now, some people don't like for me to say that, and that's okay. But the scripture says nothing about it being wrong to drink wine. There's nothing wrong for a man or a woman to have a glass of wine. Nothing wrong with that. Almost every person in the Bible, including Jesus, drank wine. When we go to heaven, the Bible says that we will drink wine new in the kingdom. What the scripture is against is heavy alcohol. What I mean by heavy is, you know, Jack Daniels, all of that stuff they get to mix. Why would you drink something that's called spirits? That should tell you something right there. As they mix these concoctions together, the word pharmacy comes from the word pharmakeia, which means witchcraft. It is the mixing of potions that open you up to the spiritual realm to be have demonic influence and all that type of stuff. Um, alcoholism and doing drugs is the quickest way for something to get a hold of you. And it's deep because sometimes something is a hold of you and, and you don't know it's a hold of you until we cast it out. So he must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. That's common sense. Unfortunately, there are a lot of violent men. I never will forget um, Kenneth Hagin ran into a situation like that. That's one of the reasons why we're building our spiritual power. Kenneth Hagin ran into a situation like that. And he said, this great big old, big old guy coming there trying to do something and all that type of stuff. And the Holy Spirit said, go over there and just touch him. Kenneth Hagin just calmly walked over to the man and just touched him. And the man fell to the ground and stayed stuck to the ground, couldn't get up. And, and the Holy Spirit told Kenneth Hagin, tell the man that we will not let him up until he repents. The man stays stuck on the ground for quite a few minutes. When he realized, mm, I got all of these muscles, but it's no match for spiritual power. And so he finally repented. When he repented, Holy Spirit said, go back and touch him again. Just touch him with his finger. Bam, get up. That's going on all over the world right now. Because always are. God matches violence with violence. <laughs> all right, let's go through this. He must be gentle. Not one who argues all the time. Ain't nothing worse than a man to keep up drama. Y'all, don't be that enemy. He must be gentle. He must not be quarrelsome and not love money. Didn't say you can't like money. When you love something, you're willing to do anything to get it. How many know? I like money. How many know the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil? It's a minister by the name of Leroy Thompson. He said the scripture should also say the lack of money is the root of all evil. <laughs> that's what it should say <laughs> oh man he must manage his own family well having children who respect and obey him your children and we're gonna get to single men in a second your children should respect and obey you 
because of how you carry yourself, not because they're afraid of you. Okay. It's very interesting when, if again, if, 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 uh, if Jesus interviewed your wife and your kids and they knew that there would be no repercussions from their honest answers, what would they tell the Lord about you? That's how you're supposed to carry yourself. Would they say, well, we're afraid of him. You know, um, we wish he would lead us, but he doesn't. He does his own thing. You know, these streets out here don't have nothing out for you for a bunch of embarrassment. The streets are for street guys. There's a bunch of guys in jail right now over this one slang term. I was just keeping it real. Yeah, well, now you in jail for real. How about that? He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of the church of God? Okay. So you want to look at those scriptures. You want to list those attributes and you want to pray those prayers over you. Okay. The other thing is on the front of our website, there's a box that says covenant prayers for spiritual growth. These are the prayers that you pray over yourself in English. When you is, fill me with the knowledge of your will, give to me spiritual strength, give me wisdom, uh, show me my destiny, shine light, give me wisdom, give me boldness. You all, you can't pray those covenant prayers that are on the front of our website. You can't add those to your vision board and begin to pray that over yourself and confess that over yourself. You will see yourself begin to change drastically and quickly. That is how, because, you know, and this is the type of stuff that comes to you. It doesn't matter your status in life. doesn't matter your money in life. doesn't matter anything. When you pray these prayers over yourself every single day, God, you no longer become a man. God starts making you a superman. Okay. I know mechanics that they can, I mean, I know a, there's a, a gentleman. He was a bus driver, a bus driver. And he said, while all the other bus drivers were playing video games on their phone, the Holy Spirit was teaching them how to invest. The man became a multimillionaire driving a bus. On break time, he was studying the stock market and the Holy Spirit would show him which investments to take. Y'all, the money that you make does not mean anything, but the wisdom that God will give you means everything. Okay. So with that, you know, I just want to encourage you all as the single man. This is very, very important because I have to hit this two different ways. There are a lot of single women that are coming into the church and a lot of these single women are broken. They are very, very broken. They have been used by men sexually, physically. They have been abused by men. Okay. This young lady that just came in here, she's never been able to go to a place and, and trust men. She said, everywhere I go, men try to sleep with me. Everywhere I go. Particularly for the single guys and the married guys. Y'all, guess what? We cannot have. We cannot have um, single girls coming up in here and, and the guys having sex with them. That just cannot happen. That just cannot happen. Okay, I've had single girls that have left the church before. They came here, end up having sex with guys here, and they're not gone. We can't find them nowhere. And the Lord told me that. There's a couple of girls that just joined the church, and I had to instruct one girl that was dating a guy. I said, look, you sleep with this girl, she's gone forever. The Lord told me that if you sleep with this girl, she's going to be gone forever. Okay, you got to. I know that ain't easy. Okay, how many know, how many know that's not easy? It's the only natural thing that God asks you to shut off. It's not, look, okay, I got teenagers, so they all asking, can they drive? I'm like, Lord, Jesus, please come back tomorrow, next Tuesday, something. And, and so they have the ability to drive, but because they don't have a license, it's not legal for them to drive. 
And so when it comes to these girls that are coming in here, y'all, and guess what? Some of them are not going to be necessarily dressed right. What I mean by that is some of them are going to be dressed sleazy. Some of them are going to be dressed very sexual. You're going to have to figure out how to turn your head and something because they come in broken. It is our responsibility to show ladies what real men look like. Some of them are going to be wearing tight stuff. And when they walk up the aisle, you're going to be tempted to look like, ooh, she is fine. Now, the single men, they can be looking a little bit because they're single. The Bible says, he that finds a wife, which means he's supposed to be looking, not sitting around, oh, I just want to worship you, Jesus. Go on out there and look for something. Okay. But I'm just saying that's very, very serious because, because y'all remember that when these single girls come in the house, we are their fathers and their big brothers. And God wants to be able to look for women to come to a place where they are honored by men. Because a lot of these ladies, y'all know how it is out here nowadays. Out here on the streets, a woman is nothing but just a piece of meat, just a piece of sexual meat. If you're not giving me sex, I ain't got no time for you. You know, and it's really, really bad because some of these girls have never experienced love in their life. Never experienced. They only equate love to a man beating them and using them sexual. That's all they know. I just got through ministering to somebody that's been with us for about five or six years. And 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 she equated being a member of this church to this. She said it's like dating a guy. You date all of these bad guys and all of them abuse you. None of them love you for real. She said, then you end up marrying this perfect guy. She said, and you're just waiting for him to do something wrong. You're just waiting for him to do something wrong. She said, that's what your church is to me. She said, I've never been to a church and had pastors that love me the way you and your wife do. And she said, every time I make a mistake, I keep thinking that they're going to reject me. She said, and then y'all don't. And it's been five, six years now. And she still is struggling with that. So guess what? If I do break that trust, guess what happens? Where's she going to go? Who is she going to trust? Y'all know what I'm saying? And so, so, you know, it's very important for married men and single. One of the things that when it came to this young girl that came to the church, um, there were a lot of men that said, I wanted to bless her financially. And so, and so let me get her information for cash app. So there were a couple of guys that I talked, I think Robbie was one of them, you know, and, uh, and I said, Hey, you know, Robbie, um, when you reach out to the girl, have your wife call her. You know, I've had strippers that have joined this church. I had one girl, she was a stripper. She jumped, she, she had got so drunk at the, uh, she had got so drunk at the strip club that she threw up. They sent her home by Uber. So her car was at the strip club. When it came for her to go to next work the next day at the strip club, she called Uber and it happened to be one of our ministers. So he's driving this girl to the strip club. And he just felt led to minister to the girl. We're talking about integrity, gentlemen. Okay. And let me tell you something. When they're talking about integrity, you have to operate integrity, but you still might think she's fine. You have to operate integrity, but you still might be turned on sexually. You just have to say, okay, I'm feeling all type of stuff, but I will not even remotely think about doing anything. So he ministered to the girl, and when they pulled up to the strip club, he said, do you mind if I pray with you? And I think he took her by the hand. She was in the back seat. He prayed with her. She walked into the strip club and quit. And then called me on the phone. I was at the gym. I didn't even know what had happened. And and she walked in the strip club and clicked. She said, when that guy, she knew he was a minister, when that guy prayed for me, she said, all of the darkness that was in me came out at one moment. And then she called me on the phone. And when she told when she told me that she was a stripper, I said, well, guess what? I will talk to you by the phone. 
I said, but what I'm going to do is when you come to the church, I'm going to immediately put you with my wife. Now, guess what? She might have been quite comfortable with me. But for appearance sake, I wanted to make sure that she was put with a woman so that she can be protected. You got a stripper to come into a church. It's all type of stuff going through your mind, man. Okay, you can have the Holy Ghost coming out your ears. When a woman come out the strip club, when these girls are coming, these girls coming up in this church and they fine and they got these nice bodies, it's all type of stuff that's going to run through your head. And 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 if you're not careful, next thing you know, you're in the bed with them. Okay, and we can't, we just can't afford that because God frowns on that. He just really does because these women need to come in our church and they have to be protected emotionally and they have to be protected sexually. And unfortunately, some of the women are crazier than the men. Some of the things that the brothers tell me is like, man, I'm trying to live holy and the girl's trying to take me to bed. Okay. And so, so you got to cover that. We got a couple of single men here. They run everything by my wife. I'm not a little kid. Wonderful. You are when it comes to sex. I'm sorry, y'all. Again, you can read the Bible all day long. You can have the Holy Ghost coming out of your ears. You could have just taken communion seven times that day because it's the number of perfection. You could have just left heaven from the throne of God with the archangels and fellowshiped with Jesus himself. And when that fine girl comes across your path, all of that goes out the window. That's why the Bible calls us sons of God. It calls us kings. It calls us princes. It says we are ambassadors. It says we are lords. It says we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. But when it came to sex, it said all you can do, brother, is get on your bicycle and run. I want you all to think about that. That's the only thing the Bible said, son, you have no power over that. You're not a more than a conqueror when it comes to that. He said, yeah, you have to be like a little girl on that one, dude. You have to run because you have you don't have nothing for that whatsoever. That's how strong a woman's sexuality is. It will break you down to the ground. There's some brothers that have man, this girl can be so fine. And if it was the girl versus your salvation, I think I'm gonna have to go to hell today because because this right here, I'm telling you that, man, these women out here, especially nowadays. Nowadays, the way that they can enhance their bodies and they can work out at the gym and, and the makeup and the hair and the perfume and the heels. Now, these girls wear these heels and accentuates their hips and they can walk a particular way. And next thing you know, man, you'll lose your mind. Y'all mighty quiet with these Presbyterian brothers up in here. Y'all know what I'm saying. Okay. So as a result of that, though, as a result of that. That's why we're trying to bring the married women up, okay? A married man should not have to compete, okay, with his wife versus all of these girls out here, you know? That's one thing overseas that they do is, is that, now that's changing because of Western values, but they make these women cover up. And there's a huge benefit to that because when women are covered all day, I understand that they have to wear it and you only see the slits of the eyes. But the benefit of that is, is that you don't have a society full of lust versus y'all know right now, look, all you got to do is leave here and go to Cumberland Mall. No matter what mall it is, any mall, you can go to Cracker Barrel. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you go to Cracker Barrel and the waitress, may I help you? And like, man, she's kind of cute. She comes to the table, something drops over, she bend over in front of you. She got a tattoo right here across her butt. 
And you're like, good God. Next thing you know, you got all type of thoughts going through your head. Y'all know I am telling the truth up in this piece. <laughs> He's like, I won't say who said yes, you are almost exposed your brother. <laughs> all right, I think I got some questions by now. <clears throat> what about single men that don't want to be married? How do single men govern their lives living for the Lord? Well, the scripture says this. The scripture says that a single man's values are only for how he can please the Lord and be both holy in body and in spirit. It says a married man, a married man is that his agenda is how he should please his wife. That's the difference between a single. That's the scripture. It's the difference between a single man and a married man it says the single man is concerned about how he should please the Lord it says the married man is concerned about how he can please his wife. This is God saying this. And then at the end of that, it says, now be careful that even though you're living your life to please your wife or please your spouse, make sure that you don't put your spouse ahead of God. But that's the thing. Is that a single man, he's concerned about the Lord. So for a single man that's not interested in marriage, now let me say something. There's a different category there. There's, there are some men that the scripture calls eunuchs. These are single men who they are single, they don't have a desire for marriage, and they don't have a desire for sex. There's a difference between a man who he has no desire to be married and he has no desire. That's not a strange man. He was just created by God. The Bible says that they are men that are created eunuchs by God. And it says there are men who made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of God's sake. You see that in the Catholic church. Okay. Where they make themselves eunuchs. And so some men, they don't have a desire for sex. They don't have a desire for marriage. There are men and women that are like that. But then you have some men that they are single only because they're not ready to be married or they don't want to be married. That's the difference because the God that is not ready to be married can still stay in trouble with the single ladies. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so I'm not quite sure what that category was, and I'll, and I'll hit both. If that's the eunuch, then that's easy. Then your whole life is, how do I please the Lord and sacrifice to the Lord, fulfilling my destiny, help the church, etc., fulfill my plan for my life, God's plan for my life. The other guy, he has to be very careful. So if he doesn't want to get married because he keep running into dingbats out here, then what he has to do is you just start preparing yourself. You still see the Lord. What should I be doing during this period of time? For me, when I begin to seek the Lord this way, the Lord didn't tell me, one day you're going to move to Atlanta, you're going to pastor a church, and for seven years it'll be done in private, and then it's going to come out and do great. He didn't say none of that. He said, join the usher board. Because with the Lord, he'll give you the next step. He'll tell you the next step. You'll have peace about the next step. You'll feel a pulling toward the next step, or someone will suggest the next step. Okay? So find out, you know, and you start by praying those prayers. The number one prayer that every man should be praying every day is, Father, I ask that you fill me with the knowledge of your will for my life and show me which direction I am supposed to go. That prayer may not be answered immediately, but if you're consistent with the prayer, eventually the Lord will begin to give you direction. Sometimes that means you may have to go back to school. Sometimes that means you may have to get out of school. Sometimes it means you may have to change professions. Sometimes it means you might have to just change your attitude. But the Lord will reveal it to you. And it will come through his word. It will come by his spirit. It will come through preaching. It will come through television shows. It will come through a magazine. It will come through a movie. It will come. The Lord created everything, so he uses everything to get your attention. Y'all got me. Okay, so when it comes to single men, focus in on the Lord and growing spiritually. And growing, not just growing spiritually, but growing spiritually. 
growing intellectually, educate yourself when it comes to everything that matters. Hey. Ooh, man. I'm going to see about one of these other questions to make sure that I. What about this bisexual and effeminate spirit that is very much on the rage? A lot have been molested and come in with these spirits via men and women. Yeah, that's a big issue. I'm not going to touch it on a lot. We'll probably do that on the next one a little bit. But that's a very, very much a big issue. The the homosexual, lesbian, effeminate, bestiality, and all of the strange things, this uh, strange long, strange things, this acronym, LBGTQRSWXUV, the thing just keeps getting longer and longer and longer and longer. I'm not making fun of that. But these are confused, ignorant people. When a man does not know who he is, he can become anything. Remember that. We don't live in a society where men are being taught to be men and women are being taught to be women. We don't live in a society where men are taught to be men and to treat women honorably. We don't live in a society where women are taught to respect men and submit to them and to honor them as head of households and honor them as head of societies. We live in a society now by which men use women for sex and women use the sexual thing to get money from men. And now it's this thing now where this whole culture by which now women are more powerful than men. You even see these superhero movies. I'm sorry, y'all. In real life, if if you get a guy like the size of Jonathan or Roland, okay, okay, now maybe I can take them on. And you no, know, you see these movies now. This It's an agenda. And, and I'm fighting them, and we do the moves and everything, and then he smacks me down to the ground, and then the woman steps up and beats him down to the ground. That ain't happening in real life, folk. So you got this thing out here now by which, and it's all a secret agenda from the dark side. What goes around comes back around. We've been here twice before in Noah's day. That's why the Bible says in the last days, it'll, it'll be just like it was in Noah's day. It says in the last days, it'll be just like it was in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's the reason why it says that it comes back around in Noah's day. It was sexual perversion and, and Sodom and Gomorrah. It was, a, a, can you imagine a city where every man and boy was homosexual? That, that's way too deep. What's, no, what's too deep is, is that when, when, when every man in the city showed up at their front door and said, let us sleep with these two men that just came in the door. Every man showed up to sleep with two dudes. What's craziest to me is when Lot recognized this was so evil, he said, man, you can't do this. Take my two daughters. And then he said this, do with them whatever you will. Now, let's backtrack for a second. And, and. If Otha Turnbull was in Sodom and Gomorrah, it would have read differently. It would have been the same. All of the men showed up. <laughs> Who are these two men? <laughs> and the next scene would have been, and he rained fire down on all of them and emptied out all 1,000 rounds of ammunition that's in my house right now, literally. I bought a Glock. It's the same ones that the air marshals carry. Got it at a uh, pawn shop and it came with 1500 rounds of ammunition that would have been the scene I'm not offering my daughters what I will offer to you is some hot bullets <laughs> now go sleep with that okay so I'm making light of it but the truth be told is as we know this is becoming a really 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 big issue and part of it is because the value system that we're talking about right now has been broken down and and it's been broken down. Then on top of that, most churches either judge it or embrace it. 
No one explains it. Years ago, when I taught the five doors to homosexuality, we had people from other countries calling us saying, I want to be free because nobody had explained it to them. Not always, but over 90% of the men that turned to that were molested by a family member. I know you know, Mark. I mean, it's over 90%. Do you know that when you go to these counseling centers that 100% of the men that are on crack or meth or whatever else, 100% of them started with marijuana? 100%. It's, it's, it's a breakdown in society where this is okay, that's okay. A big part of it is accepting, you know, you legalizing things that it's just a plant. Stop. If that's the case, then, if marijuana is so harmless, then how come companies still want to hire you if it's in your system? If it's so safe, if it does zero damage. I mean, no, if you drink Kool-Aid and you drink soda all day long, then they're going, that might be in your system, you know what I'm saying? But if marijuana is so safe and it's so harmless and it's just medicinal, then how come if it's in your system, a company will not hire you? Yeah, it is changing. Well, and it's changing because when you start legalizing things, the companies then go with what's legal because it's legal doesn't mean it's right because they're also legalizing abortion. And so, but that, what, what happens is when you start legalizing corruption, and all of these things, then it becomes a breakdown in society, a breakdown in society. And so, again, my brother-in-law is a police officer. He telling you, I'm telling you, he telling me right now. He said, that's the stupidest thing they could have ever done. As mayor. He said, the problem is worse in Detroit now that they've legalized it. Again, the scripture talked about in the last days a great divide. You would, not, you would either be on the side of the kingdom, you'd be on the side of darkness. Like the Holy Spirit told me, don't let me find anything in your life that does not exist in heaven. They ain't smoking weed in heaven, folk. They're not doing drugs in heaven. They're not smoking cigarettes and cigars in heaven. They're not Now, guess what? They are drinking wine in heaven. Some religious person is going to have a problem with that. Not at this church, but some other one. They're going to hear it and rebuke me. Because scripture said, Jesus told him, he said, we're going to drink wine new in the kingdom. They're not drinking out all that hard alcohol in heaven. How I many know they're not beating up on the women? They're not doing all of that. Whatever is not in heaven, don't let it be found in your household. And to the degree that you move these things out of your household will be the degree that they'll fill the void with heavenly things. I got a friend of mine that was at my house answering this question named, Nathan, what time is it? Nathaniel Flock. And uh, I said his name publicly because his testimony is on CBN. He was over my house. We were in this business thing together. He was sitting right in front of me. He said, uh, yeah, when I was, a, when I was a homosexual and then he kept on talking, I said, stop. You can't just let that roll through my house without giving an explanation, bruh. So he gave me his testimony. He said, as long as he can remember since the age of five, he felt gay. He's been with over 200 men. And that's crazy. If you've been with 200 men, I mean, with women, y'all know what I'm saying? He'd been with over 200 men. Yeah, and uh, he, he was one of the number one DJs here in Atlanta. Had pictures out of him on internet space, him with a pink wig on, DJing and stuff. And uh, he had just finished his business with another man. They were laying in bed together, and he had a nightmare. A nightmare is something that God gives you to show you what's chasing you in the spirit. And he said that, some of you heard his testimony, he said that he was on a big lake, and he was drowning. He was drowning because a snake had coiled itself around him. That snake represents the spirit of homosexuality. We have casted demons out of people. And when we ask, because sometimes you have to ask what their name is if they don't want to come out immediately. You ask what their name is. My name is such and such such. And I'm the demon that turns men homosexual. That is deep. It's very much spiritual. And so, so if you just judge people, you have no compassion. Because that sin is no different than any other. 
you know, you, ch- watch this. Church judge of homosexuality. Okay, well, we got to judge you because y'all, y'all church, y'all gossip. God doesn't label this stuff. Okay, so it's imp- categories of poison, homosexuality. It kill you faster than regular fornication. But anyway, you know, he had this experience. He said the cross appeared and it was moving around. He finally was able to touch the cross and the snake disappeared. He sat up in his bed and the Holy Spirit spoke to him in an audible voice. He said he had never heard the voice of the Lord before. We're teaching that on tomorrow at the other location, my wife and I. And he said the Holy Spirit told him, get away from this dude right now. Name the church. Go to this church and give your life to me. He said he gave his life to Christ, walked away from the lifestyle. Watch this. But still desired men 100%. This is the reason why men, as, as strong men, we have to be compassionate to homosexual men. Not be judging them, not making fun of them, not over in the corner whispering about them. Watch this. Not even avoiding them. Walk right up to the brother and give him a manly hug. Act as though he is normal. These are men that are struggling with certain things and they weren't taught correctly. They've been molested. All different type of things. It's the music that infested also. Okay, so anyway, he heard a teaching and after he heard this teaching, he said even though he still had a sexual attraction toward men, he prayed this prayer. He said, Father, I reject how I feel and right now in Jesus' name, I only accept and embrace the feelings that come along with being a man the way you created me to be. And he said the next day, he had no desire to ever be with a man again. He's not married to a beautiful woman who came out of the same lifestyle and they got like two or three kids. He'll be coming here soon. We used to hang out. Okay. So he's serving in the ministry and everything. Okay. So, you know, these things, I know another minister, you know, he was in that lifestyle. It was a minister that was in that lifestyle and the Holy Spirit kept giving him nightmares. And in a nightmare, he would be, he was being held upside down by a demon completely naked and the demon was molest- molesting his private parts. Like, why would God do something like that to show you how horrific it is? And so, so as a result of that, you can't, it's, it's so much out here now when you watch television, even Disney is trying to push it down your throat. Do you realize how gone a society is where him and I, we can dress up as drag queens and they come let us do story time with six, seven year kids? Are you crazy? Like, my thing is, if you're going to be gay, just be gay. Don't be trying to do stupid stuff. You know what I'm saying? But that's, and so the only thing, y'all, guess what? The only answer for that is for the church to walk in power and to walk in love and to teach the truth. We can't judge them. We can't make fun of them. And we can't avoid them. And watch this. And we can't join them. All we can say is, this is the truth. If you want to change, we can change. I got individuals in this congregation right now that used to be in that lifestyle. I got a girl, one of the girls, she gave her testimony at the Sunday location. She came out of that lifestyle, and she came out of what they call the BDSM lifestyle, you know, the bondage lifestyle, where they're beating you with chains. And this girl, she gave the testimony. That shows you how powerful this church is. When you can give a testimony like that, nobody looks at you crazy. She gave the testimony. She said, I was one of the ones. She said, strangers will call me on the phone. I got to meet them at a secret location. They blindfold me and put me in handcuffs, put me in the back of a trunk of a car, take me to a secret location. I don't know where I'm going to, to have sex with men that I never met. See? So, so the problem is, is that the world is becoming a monster, but the church won't become one. Y'all know what I mean by that. <clears throat> Y'all sending the questions now. So that's something that, and let me say, and let me say this, 
Ooh, Jesus. And so as a result of that, um, more and more, as you see this world thing is anybody who comes against it, anytime Chick-fil-A has never come against homosexuality and lesbianism. All Chick-fil-A has ever said, and I quote, we accept the biblical standard for marriage between a husband and a wife. That is not me attacking you. That is just telling you what I accept. And yet, all of these companies, there's another place I read in the news like right now that I think it was at the airport, and they said Chick-fil-A can't come in because of their anti-LGBT views. And Chick-fil-A was like, we, we didn't say anything about us being against anybody. We just said what we're for. But when you say what you're for, they know that you're saying what you're against. And so, but how many know, they're not about to stop Chick-fil-A. Because the more Chick-fil-A takes that stand, the more the God keeps on increasing them. They just gave two of my kids $2,500 scholarships apiece. Any ever been to any restaurant that has the standard of Chick-fil-A? Clinginess, you know, they playing the holiness music in the background, instrumental service. You're sitting there, you are straight up sinner. You're like, how great thou art, how great, wait a minute, what am I doing? Chick-fil-A uses subliminal messages to turn you to the gospel. They give so much money to churches. They have a free retreat twice a year for any pastor. They give so much money to scholarships and good works and everything. And they're closed on Sunday and they're still the number one fast food restaurant. So y'all ain't about to stop Chick-fil-A. But guess what Chick-fil-A does very, very wise. They walk in excellence as we as men should do. And they walk in love. They don't condemn. They help as much as they can. And so as a result of that, they're going to climb higher and take over everything. <clears throat> Hallelujah. How does a married man maintain and strengthen the emotional connection with his wife when she has lost her passion in life and is trying to find her identity? Number one, you pray for her every single day. Number two, you got to really get over into the details of why does she feel that way? Um, particularly what if a woman is not satisfied with her job, if a woman is overweight, if a woman is a stay-at-home mom, all of those things. If a woman is pregnant, all of those things can make a difference. You have to find out where the wife is. Let me tell you, one of the worst times for a wife can be right after she has a baby. It's one of the worst times. Her hormones are just completely off whack. And and she can. a lot of women, right after they have a baby, they fall into depression. And, and it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with life. Their hormones make them feel that way. So you have to find that out. One of the things that you do, too, is, you know, we have counseling here. You know, you have to talk to your wife. It's hard for us to do this, gentlemen. We are called by God to solve problems. And and so a lot of times when your wife or, you know, women come to you, they come to you with a problem. Guess what you want to naturally do? Well, all you got to do is this, 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 this. And this is beyond us. Well, I just want you to listen. I ain't got time to listen. I need to solve this problem. That's how we think. I mean, look, if the car breaks down, we're going to, what are we going to do? Well, let's figure out what's wrong with the car. Mm, there it is. We got a flat tire. Let's fix the flat tire. Ladies, car break down. Mm, flat tire. You know what? Let's just take this time to just talk about a few things for a little while. We got a little time on the side of the road. Brothers ain't got time for that type of stuff. We need to fix the flat. We got some place to go. Not women. They like to peruse and, and fellowship. And, and I mean, I'll give you a difference right now. How many know you see women? And women will take a picture together, cheek to cheek. You see, woman, this girl has her face straight, and the other one is giving her a kiss. My wife does that with her girlfriends. How many know brothers ain't rolling like that? Okay? If you see two brothers cheek to cheek, it's because you are a part of an alternative lifestyle. 
It's the only reason. Brothers are not doing that type of stuff. We shake hands. We take pictures serious. All of that type of stuff. So you need to find out exactly why. One, you have to become the type of man where your wife is comfortable talking to you and just letting it out. My wife had a session with me the other day. And she was just letting stuff out. And she was crying. And and I was just sitting. I didn't know what to do. I was just listening. And I didn't even say nothing. And she, I mean, she was just letting some stuff out about what she was going through. And, and you know, because there's a lot of weight on us with ministry and children and all this type of stuff. And she was just all of that. I just listened. And the next day, I just want to thank you for just listening to me. I just feel so much better. I was like, ooh, I passed that test. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, y'all, that's why the Bible says dwell with your wife according to knowledge. And sometimes it's best for you to just listen to your wife and say, okay, I heard what you said. I'm going to think things over and I'll be praying for you and let it go. That because you can't figure out this girl because she's emotional. Women are emotional and they're all over the place. Generally, men are not emotional. We're in one place. Let's go this direction. Him and I can be in the car together. I always use this joke. Hey, man, the GPS says you're supposed to turn here, turn here, turn here. Oh, man. Now we laughing because we made a wrong turn. Backtrack. Your wife is in the passenger seat. Babe, GPS, GPS, GPS. Oh, man, you don't never listen to me. Oh, my God. I don't even want to go to the movie right now. You always do this. You don't listen to me. You don't listen to the GPS. Oh, it didn't turn into a whole argument now. Why? Because women are emotional. So you got to find out from that woman what is going on. And one of the benefits of being a part of a church like this is the counseling aspect and... You know, it's just huge. Let me push through these. I said we're going to have to do this again soon. What about if your spouse is not interested in sex? And that's a strong desire for me. How do you be romantic with your spouse and she can't even tell you what turns her on? Help me, Jesus. (laughs) That's something I'm going to be talking about to the wife, to the women next week. Because because, um, this gets over into, let me give it this way. This gift over into it is real hard to give someone something that you don't need. It's very difficult. If a woman gives you flowers, the typical man doesn't not. So you get him. Well, I don't want to tear up this man's stuff, but you give him flowers. He's not sitting up there crying. Oh, 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 thank you. You know, you give a brother a flower. He's like, thank you. In his mind, he's like, well, set these at home when they die. Just put them in the trash. I mean. When a woman gives you flowers, she's telling you what she needs because most people give what they need. My dad was a mechanic for United Parcel, so he always gave my mom, like, brand new mop for her birthday, washing machine, microwave. He did that out of love, but what? He liked tools, so he was giving his wife the tools that she needed to keep the house. So he got the point later on when my sisters got a hold of him. Okay, so y'all understand what I mean. So when it comes to, when it comes to this, you know, women are in different stages of her life. Let me also say this is that with a woman's cycle, typically for most women, the least desire for sex is right before their menstrual period is getting ready to start. And usually the greatest desire for sex for a woman is right after it's over. So there are also cycles with this. The other thing is there are some women that they just don't have a need for sex like that. So I have to tell the woman, well, guess what? Then you're going to have to just serve your husband and get into the motions of doing it because your husband needs this. 
Okay. And that's the thing we have to instill in a woman's head. The same way that your wife might need flowers and cards. And because you're not thinking about it and you don't need it, you forget to offer it to your wife. It's the same way that the wife does not need sex like the husband. Let me say something. I mean, I'm going to make this very, very clear. Very, very clear. I'm giving an example. Like, for example, you see this, you see this new wave now where it used to be to prove to you that this is a spirit. It used to be that blacks were made guilty to feel black. Now it's come back around and now whites are made to feel guilty that they white. You see, it's the same spirit over and over again. Okay. And so when it comes to the area of sex, it's God, God may, how many know if God made you this way, that's the way he made you. If he made you Caucasian, Korean, African-American, all the different Hispanics, if that's how he made you, that's what he made you. Okay. When it comes to men, God made men to be sexual beings. In the scripture, you see even the Lord pointing out the hindrances and the weaknesses. For example, I'm a, one of the things that I really didn't get to, but I might as well mention it now. Okay. Men don't need love. Men need respect. Women need love. That's why there's no scripture in the Bible that says for a woman to love her husband. Because men don't need love. Now, what we need is respect. And so we interpret respect as love. So let me give you an answer. There are no scriptures in the Bible that say for a woman to enjoy. Yes, we're all grown here. I always... My wife said this one time and it just rings in my, she was telling a woman this one time. She was just really being ghetto. But, but how many know all of the Bible, it says for a man to be intoxicated with his wife's love. When she done with you, you're supposed to be walking around like you just had a fifth of whiskey five times. You're not even supposed to walk straight. You're supposed to lose your mind. Hey man, I know, I know we said we were going to the game, dude, but I can't go nowhere today, man. I'm just. I am just hit today. That's what the scripture means by ravish. It means he's supposed to be intoxicated. There's scriptures in the Bible that say stuff like this. Let him be satisfied with her breast every once in a while. Didn't say that. Said it all times. Okay. Men are moved by what they see. Okay. But women are moved by what they hear and what they feel. And that's why scripture says for a husband, didn't say nothing about respecting a wife. It says for a husband to love his wife as Jesus Christ loves the church. The main way that Jesus Christ loved the church is through his words. So even when you have a disagreement with your wife, she should feel safe. Even when your wife did something that you don't like, she should feel safe. Because when you do something that you sinned against God, the reason why you run back to God is because you feel safe to run back to him. If you thought God was going to hit you or strike you with lightning, you would not. You would be afraid. You would. You understand what I'm saying? So it's the same thing. And so so when it comes to this is that men are moved by what they see. That's why there are no scriptures in the Bible that says a woman made a covenant with God to protect her eyes. There's a reason why my men are lookers. We like bright things. We like fine things. We like shapely things. So when it comes to this, we have to. That's one of the things that we're doing. Who knows what my wife was over to telling them ladies. But that's one of the things that we're doing in particular to the wife. Let me say something. And that is you have to be okay and accept the fact that don't let nobody out here, whoever it is, talk you against what God made you to be. 
God made men sexual beings for them to enjoy sex on a regular basis. So much so, the Bible says that if a husband and wife decide to fast and pray to, and refrain from sex, it says they both got to be in agreement. Then it says something even crazier. It said if y'all both come into agreement to not have sex while you fast and pray, it then said in the next verse, something I still can't believe. It said don't even do that too long. Lest Satan tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Do y'all realize what Jesus said? How many in our prayer is spiritual? Fasting is, it kills the enemy. They say, yeah, don't be doing that too long. Make sure y'all get back between them sheets. This is God. This is not the religious God that y'all see on television and some of these preachers talking about. This is the God of the Bible. He created it that way. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, but again, like I always say, pastor and his wife ain't doing nothing that's why it's not being taught remember we talked about the first lady that tried to trick my wife out of leaving the gym because she ain't giving her husband none okay so so that's something that will be addressed here hey somebody tell my wife that i'm going to 11 30 so that's something that we're going to address here and next week because i'm hitting the ladies hard you know, I wouldn't suggest that you ask ladies, what did y'all talk about? Oh, she'll know. I'm very serious with that, y'all. I am very, very serious. I always have to tell women, a man does not marry you to be celibate. When that man married you, he had some stuff on his mind and it wasn't children. That end up being the side effect and the byproduct. Y'all know what I'm saying. Man, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. You take sex out the picture and most of the wedding rings just disappeared. I'm going to be with her for the rest of my life and that, no, I don't think so. I think the Lord has something else for me. I'm just keeping it real. God made us that way, which means you should not be apologizing because you want sex. Okay. Who should be apologizing is the ones that's not giving it. If you're married, that is. Okay. And so that's something that we'll address between today. <laughs> I can see right now we might get in trouble, but that's all right. Uh, you know, y'all have to be told us, y'all. You know what? Do you know what some of the best stuff needs to happen in the Christian community? Arguments. Arguments. Look, you know what? Because that's what I was going to say. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you where I'm coming from with the ladies next week. And that is majority, if not all of the men in here are men that are chasing God, men that are practicing living holy, men that are trying to do the right thing. Why are they being penalized and the worldly guys being rewarded? I don't understand that. If there's anybody you should be willing to give your body to, if there's anybody that you should be giving the sex to as much as possible, if there's anybody that you should be turning twigs for and putting on wigs and, and high heels and, and thongs, come on, say amen, brother. It's all right if you're mad. If there's anybody you should be, man, in the Old Testament, when they prepared a bride for woman, they had soaked that woman in oil for three days. Oils and spices. You fainted when you just walked in the room. I'm not even ready for this, Jesus. I'm not even ready. 
Man, this, I don't know what happened. If it's anything, if any man should be worthy of it all, it's the ones that are living right. It's the ones that are speaking right. It's the ones that's living for God. It's the ones that's serving and giving and praying and trying to do the right thing. Those are the guys that are worthy. But unfortunately, what you're having right now is what you have is you have Christian men who have accepted Jesus and love the Lord, but really wish they could be back in the world over that sex thing. Really wish I could be back out there. I remember like it was back in the day, man. Y'all, your wife's supposed to be carrying herself in the day. Today, well, you forgot about back in the day. You go to your high school reunion and they want to talk about back in the day. We did that. Yeah, man. Oh, I don't remember, man. My wife has washed all of my sins away. Just I'm just letting y'all know. Single man, this is how we roll. So if you plan on getting married, this is how it's supposed to be. If, if Without that, there's no such thing as let her let him always be ravished with her love. Let her do him good all the days of his life. Even when you get to a certain age and the sexual drive kicks off, a man is supposed to look back at the pictures. Ooh, I remember that time we were in the back of the car. I remember that time we snuck in at the park. All Christian marriages have had them testimonies of doing something illegal. Well, I shouldn't have said it that way. Y'all know what I'm saying. I ain't telling y'all my business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the real, I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. But unfortunately, you know, Christianity has been promoted as some type of dead. I mean, y'all, I want you to think about Abraham. Abraham is our great, great, great times 100,000 grandfather. Period. White, black, Asian, Mexican, in between. That's all our great grandfather. Period. Look how he rolled with his wife. His wife was so fine, he lied. Hey, babe, when we go in here, the king is going to want you to lie and say that you're my sister. He did this more than once, folk. One of the times it said he did this, and it says the wife, it says that the king was looking out the window, and the King James Version says sporting. But the actual wording is, they said the king looked out the window and saw Abraham feeling on his wife's breast and butt. And he said, that is not that man's sister. Go read it. Am I lying? And said, the king brought the back. Why'd you lie to me? Well, I thought you were going to kill her. Get out. He said, you got to go. And then his son did the same thing. Y'all. And, 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 and that's why I teach women. And so I'm glad because that's what my wife teaches. I don't know what she's teaching them today. But she teaches them, look, men don't need 1,500 things. They usually need two to three. And one, if one of them is tight, you can be a raggedy woman. You can keep the house dirty. He'll be up there vacuuming with an apron on. He'll cook dinner, wash the dishes, and all that type of stuff because he's drunk. How I many you know drunk men do stuff they wouldn't normally do? You keep that man, man drunk spiritually, I mean drunk sexually, man, you'll come home, he'll have on the apron. You need me to do anything, babe? You need me to go to work for you? Steve Harvey had something on Family Feud one time. This went in a different direction. I know my wife is going to kill me maybe. And it was a question on what men would do for sex. And the questions were he would pay for it. He would kill. He would beg. It was like four other things. And each one, Stevens Harvey would say, yes, yes. And the woman was giving these old stupid answers. He was like, that ain't even up there. Next answer, he would beg for sex. Yes. And the woman couldn't understand that because 
Now, some of those are out of order, but this is how strong the drive for sex is in a man. And so the ones that are not worthy of it are the ones who are outside the kingdom, the ones who are worthy of all of that. My wife don't believe in them flannel pajamas and flannel pajamas and, and them rollers in your hair, you know, and you're not going anywhere. I mean, take them things out your head. Came home one time, my wife was going off. I, I, I mean, my wife just goes off. She don't play. I came home and she was in the closet talking to somebody. All I heard was, that's your problem now. Your husband ain't trying to see that old crazy flannel pajama. He need to come home and you in some thongs, some heels. I was like, ooh, I don't even want to hear this right here. Y'all, that's called wonderful. God created it to be that way. When you study the scripture carefully, that is what there. You miss it being religious. We are not in a religion. All the other ones are religions. The scripture says true religion and undefiled is to keep yourself undefiled from the world and to take care of the orphan in the window. That's God's definition of religion. All of this other stuff that these guys are talking about, God is getting ready uh, to take you to another place uh, that you've never been before. Jesus is like, what is he talking about? That ain't doing nothing for you. And that's where a lot of us came from. We either came from that or just the real dry messages where, you know, God in his infinite and mysterious wisdom. I'm out of here, dude. We don't went from one extreme to the other. Jesus was off the chain. I know that's a slang term, but Jesus was a beast with his stuff. He did nothing religious. I mean, he go, I mean, y'all come on. He going, you know, they didn't drink up the wine. He going to use the power of God so the party can keep on going. You know, the people have been with him for three days out in the desert, didn't eat. And, and he didn't tell them to go buy their own food. He said, we'll just use the power of God to do this. You know, they came to him with a question. He said, I'm not going to ask that question unless you answer mine. They said, well, we can't answer it. He said, I can't answer yours then. He walked off. I mean, he on the cross and right before he dies, he, he says, you do realize that you're not killing me. I could kill y'all right now with 20,000 angels. I'm just letting you know that before I die. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. Jesus is crazy. Life, not religion. All right, y'all. Y'all didn't tow up my whole thing, but this is good. Oh, Lord. Okay. What about not being attracted to your wife? I suffer on the inside because we have a family. Oh, Lord. And I want to stay true to the Lord and to my family. I've told my wife and she knows where I stand, but she doesn't take this topic seriously enough to be consistent, which feels like I'm not being respected in this area. See that term respect? That's the one thing I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the women hard. But You better have your wives here next week. I'm hitting them hard when you are not doing this for your husband it is the highest form of disrespect it is the highest form of disrespect for god to create your husband this way with these desires and you won't become it highest form of disrespect so that's one of those things where it depends you know um you might uh you know maybe after this weekend we can readdress that it's an issue of teaching most a lot of women are not taught this they're just not just in this, I can't tell you how many counseling appointments I have done. And and I never will forget, I did one. And, and the guy had cheated on his wife seven times. No, that was the other one. But they were both scenarios. He cheated on his wife seven times. And he didn't even know why. I knew why. And long story short, in the counseling appointment, she said, I'm not wearing that stuff he wants me to wear. That's for them prostitutes. He said, you don't even have to wear it in public. Just wear it at home. I said, oh, there it goes. That usually is the number one need for a, let me tell you something. I met my wife at church. I was not thinking about how many scriptures she knew. 
I was not thinking about how much time she spent in intercession before the Lord. I was not interested in whether or not she had been to Bible school and how long she'd been at the church and whether or not she served there. I saw fine and went after it and I hope she wasn't crazy. Brother, be talking about, you know, I'm just seeking. You go ahead and seek. They still today at that church said, you got the best woman at that church. Would you like to know why? While y'all were praying, I was looking. I'll take that one over there. <laughs> I'm just like, man, y'all play too much. This is, man, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm. So, yeah, so with that. See, that's that that right there, though, that question is that's an agenda for Christian men. And guess what? Women don't realize if you were married to a, a worldly man. All he's going to do is just go out there and get a side check. And so Christian men suffer because we're expected to do the right thing at all times. Well, if we are expected to do the right thing at all times, then how come you honor me by being what I need to be at all times? Y'all see what I'm saying? And so as a result of that, the Christian men are the one that's suffering because the worldly man, if he doesn't, if he's not attracted to his wife, he loves her, but he's not attracted to her body because she carries too much weight. So guess what he does? Well, since you ain't going to change, fine, I just go get me a side check. And then women don't understand how she, he can be with a side check, but still love his wife because every man has a certain amount of needs. And if a man has four needs, the wife is meeting two, but the side chick is meeting the other two. So now he feels fulfilled with both. See, because part of this, y'all, is helping men to understand themselves. <clears throat> so that's somebody that that might be a, a counseling appointment. I tell men all the time, if you want your wife to get in shape, because one of the things I'm going to tell the ladies, oh, Jesus, this is going to be tough. Oh, we might have to close the church after next weekend. One thing I'm going to tell the ladies is, I'm going to tell the ladies, I'm going to say, after this, for you all that are overweight, ask your husband, does he want you to lose weight? Babe, do you want me to lose weight? He's going to say, yeah, I would like for you to lose weight. I'm going to tell them when he says that, he meant it on level 100, but he said it on level two. What he he's going he's gonna to be nice because he's a Christian man. And he loves you. But he's going to say, yeah, I, I, I'd like for you to lose weight. He's going to be real nice and tender. He's going to be nervous. But on the inside, he gonna be like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Finally, she asked me. He, what is this? How he want to say it? Heck yeah, I want you to lose weight. I want you to have a body like Beyonce's. I just want you to get yourself together, girl. I want you to be a size three or four. I want to come home to a naked woman in a fur coat sometimes. Oh, yes, I want you to work out. I wish I could send you to the gym for three to four hours a day with a personal trainer. That's how he want to say it. But it's going to come out. Yeah, yeah, I like you to lose weight. <laughs> if the ladies can see the hands, you can hear them. Oh, man, how do you deal with lack of sex when you are married? Sex was great before the children. How do you govern TV, movies in your house? Oh, that's an easy question right there. Number one, children or a wreck of marriage? I know because I got six of them. Let me tell you how my wife and I do it. We simply lock the doors and we don't care what happens. I don't have no deep answer. Well, you know, we got to pray, seek the Lord for wisdom and no, all that. no, and I, they're teenagers now. We did this when they were young, man. We'd be up in there, up in the bed and they'd be knocking on the door. We wouldn't answer. Then they call us on the telephone. We didn't pick up the phone. 
And then we hear the sound. That was them slipping a note underneath the. Simple. Knock the door. I mean, that's because y'all. And see, that's something that ladies particularly make a mistake of. Their attention was toward the husband when they have kids. Their attention is toward the kids. And so what happens is, is that when you have kids, your husband's needs did not change. As a matter of fact, after you have kids, your husband might need more attention and sex because of the drama that comes with kids. All of the pressure, having a, how many know, you make decisions as a single man? Well, if we mess up, we'll just live in the alley for a little while. When you're married, ooh, if I mess up, ugh, we might have to go to an extended stay for a little while. When you got kids, you don't take the chance on messing up because now you got all that responsibility. And so, so it's, so, and that's the real deal with that is when it comes to those kids, cause I'm gonna talk about that too. When it comes to those kids, you gotta just lock them in the room. You gotta tell them, hey kids, and, 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 and with our kids, we don't tell them what we're really gonna do. We just tell our kids, hey, usually if my wife and I are doing something else, we tell the kids, hey, don't bother us. We're gonna be busy upstairs for a little while. Um, we need to, we have a meeting to discuss some serious things going on with the church. Technically that is a lie, but I don't care. You know, that's what we do in my house. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, we're going to have some things going on. I just realized, uh, see, this is the problem with being a good pastor. My kids are going to listen to this. Uh, they, my kids listen to everything. They stayed at home today because they had different responsibilities. And the first thing they asked for, I went to the door. Daddy, what you preaching on today? So they're going to listen, but that's okay. You got to do the Jedi mind trick on your kids, but it's simple. It's not a prayer issue. It's not an instruction issue. It's tell the kids, hey, your mama and I are getting ready to go and watch a movie for three hours. Don't bother us. Here's what you do. Give them responsibilities. This, 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 this. Boom. Drop them off. Y'all barter with other family members that got kids. Hey, can we drop our kids off to y'all? And they spend the night there. Then when y'all want to go out, y'all kids can spend the night at our house. It's all of that. I didn't need to do that. We just told our kids we're not coming out. Knock on the door. No answer. We're sitting up there watching TV. We did this when our kids were newborns. We had a newborn. And they'd be in the back room. Ha, 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 ha. The record in my house is about an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> we just sitting there watching TV like we just all don't have no kids, anything. Our first doctor was a Caucasian lady that adopted some African kids. And that, that, that woman saved our lives. She said, let me tell you something. It was our first kid. She said, a child will not hurt themselves from crying. She said, the child wants to be held. She said, I, I, I remember what my wife asked. She said, well, how do we know if there's not something wrong with the child? She said, simple. If the child has been fed, the child has been given milk, and the child's diaper has been changed, and they're still hollering, put them in there. How you can tell that there's something wrong with the child, if the mama goes in there and picks the child up and the child stops crying, nothing wrong with the child. They're just being selfish. They want to be held. She said, extend your hands, drop him right back in the crib, and go right back to watching that movie. You did that, man. Because the kids... And kids are selfish. They just, all they want is your attention. They want it when they want it, etc. And the best thing that your kids can see is you and your wife neglecting them to keep your marriage together. Because when they get married, they're going to do the same thing. Mm -mm, none of my, we got six. <sighs> We're going to do two more. I've tried to befriend gay men, but they always end up liking me even when they say they won't and they know that I'm straight. So it's been hard for me to treat them cool because of these experiences. What should I do? Easy. Stop trying to befriend gay men. That's a simple answer. I mean, watch this. I'm gonna give you another way. You know what? I keep trying to just be friends with the lady at work 
but they keep trying to go out with me. What should I do? Stop trying to be friends with the ladies at work. Simple answer. You can't because I'm trying to think of another example. It's, but it's kind of like if, if your friend got a drinking problem, don't take him to the bar and eat at the counter. Y'all know what I'm saying? That's just really simple. Don't, don't try to be friend gay men in the name of I'm trying to get close to Jesus. Let Jesus bring them. Let them come across your path. Give them a word. Keep on going. For the wife who doesn't want to have sex, her hormones can be off, and there are supplements that can balance her hormones and increase her sex drive. Naturally, a woman's, in most cases, a, a woman's sex drive is lower than a man's. Naturally, it's lower. Um, he carries seed. And that's one of the reasons why his hormones are stronger for sex. But but the truth be told, you all, is we have to find out, is it just hormonal? Is it stress? Uh, I, now, let me say something. Every man is different. There are some men. With men, I like a shapely woman. There are some men that they want their wife to be super skinny. There are some men that they want their wives to be have some meat on the bones. There are some men that they like big women. Okay. Um, now, some men, though, that when a woman becomes that way, it turns off their sex drive towards the wife. Now, the other thing is you got to find out from women, though, because sometimes a woman's sex drive is being affected by that also. If the man is overweight, um, I've had women complain to me about, well, I don't want to be with my husband because he's overweight. I don't want to be with my husband because of his bad hygiene. I don't want to be with my husband because of his bad breath. I don't want to be because of my husband because he's insensitive to um, the uh, the foreplay part. Um, and, you know, for most married men, if you, you, you've at least had sex one time in your life. And so, and, and it's, many of us have been in that position where, you know, your wife wants to foreplay. She just wants to kind of lay there for a moment. And and you appease her, but in your mind, I'm like, I am ready to get this on, man. She just want to lay here for a moment and 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 just and then, oh Lord, when they want to start talking, he's like, hey man, I don't want to talk right now. You have to be patient with that. You have to be patient with that. So uh, again, both parties are usually afraid to tell each other the truth. They just are. And they just are. They're afraid to tell each other the truth because we don't want our feelings to be hurt. It makes you feel like a failure, different things like that. One of the things that I have to teach women is this, is that if your husband wants you to go to the gym and lose 50 pounds, the day you go to the gym, he gets excited because he sees the end result. So that's a situation where, again, my wife will cover that because we're going to have to come back and do this again because all of the questions that are being sent in, we're going to do a, a brief addressing of it but then come back and my wife and I then teach on the true answers do counseling teach etc because guess what y'all if God said that our relationships are supposed to be this way it means that all things are possible but not without knowledge and unfortunately no matter what race or culture or socioeconomic background you have come from it's not being taught my parents were taught commitment Stay in a relationship because of commitment and love. So there are a lot of older relationships that they are there because they love each other, but in many ways they don't like each other. And you can love someone without liking them, and you can like someone without loving them. And that's very, very important. God wanted us to be married again. You don't get in. How many of you know? Somebody that stays intoxicated is because they like and they love alcohol.
do a couple more. How to approach about the feeling of unappreciation when all you, when you do all you can, but there's always something else negative to say about you. That's teaching, you know. So we'll cover that too. But you gotta you gotta sometimes you need to keep a Rolodex and, and a, uh, a sheet of paper to say, look, th- when when we do this, this is this is what you do. You do you this. You do this. You do this. You do this. You do this, and bring it to their attention, and then hopefully they will then accept that and begin to realize that. And again, folk, most people live their married life and their single life how they were raised by their parents. Whatever you saw growing up in your household, that's what you become. It's, and and you, when you have to learn how to go to the next level that your parents took you to. And, and in this day and age, y'all, these individuals that are 18 and 20 now, they didn't, they're not learning nothing. And then they're having kids before they even become an adult. And their kids won't know anything. All they will know is brokenness, and they will think that that is normal. And they will call people like me strange and even laugh at me having all. I've been out in public with my family and watched little girls make fun of our family because we look like the Brady Street Bunch or something like that because they don't even know what real love is. All they know is brokenness and ghettoness and, and, and you know what I'm saying? That's all they know is just being vile and wicked and perverted. That's all they know. So when they see something like us, this, you know, what the scripture says, woe be unto those that call good evil and evil good. Okay. So again, and then let me take this. These questions that y'all are giving me, this is what I'm teaching on next week to the women. So even if I don't answer them today, they're going to be answered next Saturday. Hopefully nobody gets served divorce papers. <laughs> you know, we're going to cut it off there because, again, these it was not possible, you guys, for me to it was not possible for me to come to some type of closure today. Y'all know what I'm saying? The, the problem is so deep and it is so ingrained and there's so little teaching on it and there's so little people being real about it that it just we just had to say, OK, y'all. Let's go down into the ditch and let's start digging our way out. And the only way for us to do that is for my wife and I to actually practice the very things that people are having problems with. Let me say something. My wife and I didn't start out like this in marriage. We just didn't because we weren't taught. My wife came from a broken home. I came from an excellent home, but I never once saw my father give my mom a kiss. Never once saw her, him tell her that he loved her, even though I know he did. So I didn't come from a sensitive, emotional type of background. The very thing that my wife needs, because that's the one thing I got to tell these ladies. You know, we, I know we're talking to y'all, but I have to tell these women, your husband does not want sex. He needs it in order to be happy. God, he said, say that twice. Your husband does not want sex. He needs. And this is a deep part for a married man. God did not engineer a married Christian man to have full joy with just praying and reading the Bible and living a holy life. Take the sex out. God did not design a married man to be happy without sex. He did not design it that way. Okay. And so, so a lot of this gentleman is stuff that we have to learn. Our parents didn't teach us. And, and some of us have had great failures. I've had failures in my marriage and my wife and I have hit walls so many times, but we learn this stuff by frustration and by talking and my thing was, this is what the scripture says, but we didn't really have an accurate gauge to go by. And so we had to learn this a lot. And then as a result of that, information started coming across our path. Okay, so what I will say is, is that this is not going to bring about a huge amount of closure, but it's a starting the process. Because the truth be told, y'all, 
We can't win the battles out there in the world if we're not happy at home. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's in order for you to fight with all of your vengeance on the battlefield, you got to be able to have a happy home to come to. You got to be able to have something to come to. And like I said, even when it came to this whole part, I know that's very important is respect and sex when it comes to men. Those are the two, usually the two for most men, the two biggest things. Um, and yet I didn't even get really grained ingrained into it the way that I wanted to. So some of the questions that you all sent me today, you're going to get the back half of that question when I hit the ladies. That's why we're recording both sessions. But this is very, very important. If it's never addressed, nothing ever changes. And what happens is you just have men who die and women who are frustrated because nobody will be honest and embrace. Because when you it's amazing. God's standard, you all, is a very, very high standard. God's standard of a man is high, of a woman is high, of a child is high, parents are high. Okay, as, as whatever we're called to do, the standard is very, very, very high. And it's just very, very interesting. I was taught, gentlemen, and I close here. I was taught that sex was for procreation. That's what I was taught. Um, that's how it is with a lot of marriages because they weren't taught. Sex has always been deemed as some type of dirty thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm going through the airport with my six kids and these two ladies. Ooh, we know what you've been doing. And I'm thinking, look, I've been married for quite a bit. So if all I did was do it six times, I got a terrible marriage. Y'all talking about six times because you see six kids. You know what I mean? But it's, it's being promoted as dirty because the church won't talk about it. And unfortunately, there's too many people that are teaching this but are not living it. And so so just hang in there. We're going to talk to the wives. And, of course, my wife is going to talk to you all about what your wives need. And single men, you're able to hear this information that you're going to hear before you get married. So guess what? Now you know what type of woman you should be looking for. And many of them won't be that. But is she willing to learn how to be that? That's the difference. You're looking for a humble woman, one who is willing to learn what it takes to be an excellent wife. Because, again, nobody marries someone to be miserable. And the truth be told is most Christian men are. They just are. It is really sad because most Christian men, they're miserable with the church. They're miserable with their job and they're miserable with their wife. Listen, lift up your voice. Just pray for a moment. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you, O Lord God. Thank you, O Lord God, for all of these men that are here, strong men, faithful men. We declare that over ourselves. Strength. We are strong men. We are honorable men. We thank you, O Lord God, that we are righteous men. We are rich men. We are wise men. We thank you, O Lord God, that we are our men, O Father God, that are warriors. We are valiant and we are honorable you have called us, O oh Lord God, kings. You have called us lords. You have called us ambassadors. You have called us, O oh Lord God, more than conquerors. We thank you, O oh Lord God, that this is who we are. And we are learning to become who we are so that we might draw more men into your kingdom, a kingdom of kings and a kingdom of priests. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for the transparency. Thank you, O oh Lord God, for the questions. We come into agreement, O oh Father God, that every question will be answered in depth. We come into agreement, O oh Father God, that every marriage as a part of this church will have a great turnaround and blossom and be what it was called to be. 
We declare that every single man that is a part of this church, O Lord God, will walk in divine wisdom and purpose and will be able to keep himself. We declare that no weapon that is formed against us will prosper. We, O Lord God, pray for our mothers. We pray for our daughters. We pray for our sisters. We pray, O Lord God, for our wives. We pray, O Lord God, that you would protect them emotionally, that you would raise them up as queens in these last days. Whether they are younger or whether they are older, I thank you, Lord God, that they will find their place in this war. We thank you, Lord God, that you will teach them to be submissive to godly husbands. You will teach them to walk in authority as queens. We thank you that you will teach us as men to cover our wives emotionally so that the enemy will not be able to mess with their minds. Help us, O oh Lord God, to become better men. We thank you that as a result of our agreement that wisdom is released right now in order for us to be the best men that we can be in planet Earth. For we know that every single thing is recorded so that when we stand before you, we will have an eternal inheritance, O oh Lord, based on how we lived on this planet. Help us to sacrifice our lives for our families and our community. Help us to sacrifice our lives for the kingdom of God. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that we will be men who will walk in joy. We will rejoice. We will be able to rejoice and enjoy the fruit of our labors. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for opening up every closed door to every man that is here. For there is a weight that is on men that has never existed in the planet before. A weight that is attempting to crumble us and to crush us and to put us in the pit. But we declare, O oh Lord God, that those weights and those burdens are dropping off of us on this morning. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that the burden that you have called us to carry is light and it is easy. And I thank you that you will open up the portals of heaven and give us wisdom for advancement and increase. What we set our hands to will prosper. We will cover each other. We will be a beacon and an example for all to see. We bless and honor you, O Lord God, for doing these things, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let's lift our hands as kings and give God glory and honor and praise. Father, we magnify you and give you thanks. We bless and honor you, praise you, and give you thanks, O Lord God, for you are good all the time. And your mercy endures forever. We bless and honor you for it, Lord. Thank you, O Father God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Alrighty, well, my wife wants us to come over to the sanctuary for just a second, so just give a brother next to you a, a hug, and let's head over there right quick and see what's going on.